right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. We're part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win over the Indiana Pacers final score, 122-119. And oh boy, this was <laughs> this was an improbable one. I do not know how the Nuggets pulled this one out. They had a lot of factors going against them. They kind of messed around, played with their food for a little bit in that first quarter. Jokic picks up his second foul right at the end of the first. Comes back in after the bench gives up this massive run to begin the second. And Jokic proceeds to pick up two fouls in the span of about 60 seconds, leaving the Nuggets to basically play without him for the entire rest of the first half. Denver gets blown out 43-21 to in the second quarter. They're down. The vibes are horrible. Jokic comes back in to begin the third, gets a basket, and then immediately commits a foul against Miles Turner on the other end. It was crazy to watch because, hey, you get five fouls. They're all kind of soft fouls, not going to lie, but you still committed five fouls, and they, they were foul calls. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to complain about that. But he goes to the bench. DeAndre Jordan comes in, proceeds to play the rest of the third quarter, about 11 minutes of it, and somehow the Nuggets win the quarter. They won it 33-25. Outside of the second quarter, the Nuggets won every other quarter by about 7-9 to points. They won each of them 8-9 to points, actually. 35-27 to in the first, 33-25 to in the third, 33-24 to in the fourth, it was just the second quarter that was a disaster, 43-21 to going Indiana's way. But it did happen, and it put Denver at a massive disadvantage throughout this one, and they needed some heroic performances. They didn't really get heroic performances, I would say, but they got a lot of solid performances from a lot of different guys. And I think I'll probably start with Jokic just to kind of kick off that conversation, but I will say I credit KCP. Aaron Gordon, and DeAndre Jordan the most for this particular game. Let's talk about Jokic first, though. 24 points in 21 minutes, 10 out of 20 from the field. Miles Turner played some pretty good defense on him, I'm not going to lie. Did Jokic miss a couple shots that I thought he'd make? Sure. But he was respecting Miles Turner's ability to block his shot, and Turner altered some shots. Jokic usually gets some of those to go, missed a couple of those, but the five fouls are really what's going to stand out here. He had five fouls in about 11 minutes of game time for him, 11 to 12 minutes. It was crazy. And then he goes out and he comes back in with about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter and just proceeds to kick it into into fifth gear. 11 points, had a couple assists, played better defense, very locked in. He finished this game plus 11 in his 21 minutes. The fact that the Nuggets around him only went minus eight in the other 27 minutes of this game, I think deserves a lot of credit. Given how weird the situation was, given how awkward everything was, they deserve some credit. I'll talk about their resilience in the third segment for sure. But Jokic, he came back in, made a couple plays, definitely got the team settled down a little bit and gave them some belief that they could absolutely get it done. And it was great. It was great to see. He had a couple of bad defensive plays. I think he sagged off of Tyrese Halliburton a little bit on a three, which ultimately was a two because he had a foot on the line. But he, on the other end, 
faces up against Miles Turner, drains a mid-range jumper in his grill, nothing but the bottom. And it was fantastic. That turned out to be the game-winning shot. Though uh, Jamal Murray hit three key free throws at the end of the game to really seal it. Unfortunately, like that wasn't the only story for Jokic. He, at the very end of the game, about like 10, 15 seconds or so, the Nuggets are inbounding the ball. He gets the ball in the inbound. He drives to the basket with the Nuggets up three with about 10 seconds left or so. And he tries to draw the foul, proceeds to not get the foul call, even like that was the one foul that wasn't called tonight. And the Nuggets had to play some serious defense towards the end of that game. And Jokic gets back, contests Miles Turner, who chucks up a game-tying three that doesn't hit. But it could have been way worse. And the fact that the Nuggets won, Jokic had 24 points on 20 shots, had six assists, one turnover, but five fouls, only four rebounds for Nikola. The fact that they won with that performance says a lot about the rest of this team. And again, we'll get to that in the third segment mostly. Aaron Gordon, I thought, definitely had some down moments in this one. But he is a guy who, when Jokic went down, I thought that Murray kind of was eh. I thought that Porter was kind of eh. KCP had his moment later. But Aaron Gordon in that second quarter really picked it up. He really turned on the Jets, grabbed all the rebounds, made sure to make plays for others, hit a couple shots, got to the free throw line, did just about everything he needed to do to keep the Nuggets around. 34 minutes, plus four tonight in a three-point win, 18 points on eight shots, five of eight from the field, one of three from three, seven of nine from the free throw line. Quietly, he's had a really bad free throw uh, season so far. He was at about 55%, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to raise that per- that uh, percentage up tonight with a 7 of 9 performance. 16 rebounds, 4 offensive, 12 defensive, 6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 5 turnovers. The 5 turnovers are fine. Like I mean, there were some that were pretty irritating just because of the way that he accumulated them, like dribbling into traffic, uh, trying a, a desperate spinning layup that just wasn't ever going to have a chance. But ultimately, you look at the only eight shots for him and how much other stuff he did, and you just got to give him credit. There was a lot that he could have done worse. And rather than uh, try to jack up some shots, rather than uh, playing outside himself, he did exactly what the team needed for him tonight, which was to rebound, be a playmaker, push the tempo a little bit. And that was exactly what they needed to do. Also, I'm just looking at this now. 24 of 26 for the Nuggets from the free throw line tonight. 24 out of 26. Aaron Gordon was the only guy who missed a couple. 92% from the free throw line for the Nuggets tonight. That is what helped win them this game. As well as the 42.9% from three. That also really helped. KCP, though, he also deserves a lot of credit. 15 points for him in 31 minutes, 5 of 7 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. And it felt like his threes all came in the span of about 3 minutes, where he, the Nuggets are kind of at this stage where they're down 17, 18 or so, 
You don't know if the game is going to spiral. You don't know if the Nuggets can mount a comeback. It's right at the precipice of that point. And KCP, the veteran that he is, just starts firing. He knows that he has to get up those shots. And I think he took all four of his three-pointers in the span of three minutes. The first one he missed. The next one he got his own, he got a rebound or, or somebody else got a rebound, kicked it out to him and he hit it. Basically shot in his, or hand in his face. Hit another couple threes in that third quarter and suddenly the Nuggets were only down like 12 or 13. And it was not insurmountable at that point. And that's what a good veteran does. They know how to push the tempo. They know how to change the flow of the game into their team's favor. And KCP, you needed somebody to step up in that stretch where Denver, they were without Jokic. They were lulling a little bit, not necessarily sure who was going to be that guy. KCP was that guy at that point. And that's where you brought him in to be. He could get hot at any particular time. He can pass a little bit. He had eight rebounds tonight. He had two steals tonight. But he's also a shooter. And it's very clear that he's just an elite pickup for this Nuggets team. They don't win this game without him. Plus nine in his 31 minutes. Very, very good stuff. Last but not least, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter. I thought that they were fine in this one. Like Jamal had 18 points on six of 15. One of two from three, eight rebounds, four assists, three steals, three turnovers, was a minus three in his minutes. I personally thought that this was a, like, Jamal had an opportunity to really step up in this stage. Wasn't necessarily perfect, but he did provide enough in his minutes. I thought that he was bothered a little bit by the pressure that Andrew Nemhard, uh, I don't think TJ McConnell was really bumping him that much, but Andrew Nemhard matched minutes with Murray, basically, and was just being very physical with him up and down the court. TJ McConnell was doing the same to Bones Highland. And those guys, like, they were they were bothering them up and down the court. Murray didn't really, like, he turned the ball over three times, not necessarily because of that, but it has this cumulative effect where Murray was moving kind of slower and slower as the game went along. And that's definitely a thing that the Nuggets, like that's that's something that Murray will have to improve upon with his game time conditioning, with everything that kind of goes into that. Teams are going to see that tape and they're going to try to bother him a little bit. They're going to try to pressure him. I'm surprised the teams haven't done it as much as Indiana did it tonight. They're basically checking full court the entire game. And very interesting, very interesting to see. But Murray overall, like he's just another guy that you have belief in that you know that he can get the job done. Even when the stakes aren't great, or not, not stakes, even when the situation isn't great, even when Denver's at a disadvantage, 18 points for Jamal, uh, 6 of 13 from 2, 1 of 2 from 3, 5 of 5 from the line. Eight rebounds tonight is a pretty big deal, and he had three of those on the offensive end, so he's hustling, he's trying, had three steals. Like There's definitely not a, not a lack of effort there. Though he's a little bit, I think he's a little bit slower on the upkeep on the defensive end. Definitely not his best performance tonight. But it wasn't his worst either. Like, he'll be fine. He'll be just fine. And then Michael Porter. Uh, he's like a metronome. 17 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. 
The only part of the metronome that didn't click was that he didn't hit exactly 50%. He was only at 42.9. How dare he? How dare he shoot 42.9%? It's pretty funny. Only six rebounds tonight. Probably should have had more. He played about, like he played 21 minutes in the first half. The rotations got all jacked up by Jokic's foul trouble. Malone was trying to keep the game close, so he basically played Porter the entire second quarter when he came in at the three-minute mark of the first. So he played about 15 straight minutes. He did sit for like 50 seconds. But it was just one of those things where he had to be out there in order to kind of suffer some of the bad stuff. Only had one turnover, but there's definitely still – like I still think that there's some weirdness with how he is getting his shots. It's not like – it's not perfectly in the flow. Like he'll get transition transition shots. Gosh, I am struggling to speak tonight. And the Nuggets will look for him in transition. But other than that, they don't really look for him as much except for like on back cuts. And they'll run a play for him every now and then that's really designed to get him the ball. But most of the time, it's just kind of natural when he when he does ultimately find those shots. And maybe that's why he's so efficient at them. But uh, either way, good stuff from him. He had a block, uh, only one turnover. Hard to really complain. Starters tonight, they ultimately closed out the game last two minutes. It wasn't perfect, but they got the job done. This was probably a B showing from the starting group, but all of them had at least 15 points, which is a good way of just really showcasing just how potent this group can be. 122 points in a game that Jokic played just 21 minutes. That's crazy. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench and some some concerns that I'm still having. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Everybody, football is back, and nobody's more excited than your friends over at Superbook Sports. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Alright, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Let's discuss this bench unit now. Let's talk about where this group is at. Definitely a weird night. Uh, obviously, this isn't like... This night, I, I think in particular, definitely should not be an indication of how good or bad a unit is, given how weird the game was in general. I made the declaration in the early third quarter that uh, this official result doesn't count. Like it's going to count in the official record books, but this wasn't really a basketball game. This was, it was very weird. There was a lot of sloppiness. The referees got so involved in this one. 38 turnovers combined between the two teams, 38 fouls combined between the two teams. And there are multiple technicals handed out. It was just, it was just a sloppy game in general. So the bench did play a part in that. On both ends. Like, there was definitely some good. There was some bad. There was some interesting offensive stuff. There was some interesting defensive stuff. 
Let's focus in on Bones, who obviously is the catalyst there. 18 or 16 points for Bones on 4 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, 5 of 5 from the line. This wasn't a great night for Bones. I, the numbers with him being up to 16 points, they look a little bit better than they probably should. He was not good in much of this, where being bothered by TJ McConnell, not finishing well at the rim, he shot one of six from two-point range, and the only shot that he did hit was basically a wide-open layup. Three of seven from three, very good. Very clearly just an elite three-point shooter still, which is great. But the Nuggets need him to be... They need him to be able to hit two-pointers. Because if he's going to handle the ball as much as he is, he can't just initiate offense from outside the three-point line the entire time and then not really get into the teeth of the defense. Because the defense is just going to sell out on the other options, and they're going to try to force him to make some tougher layups. And if that's the case, he's got to be able to hit those. Maybe going to a floater will be a little bit better, a little bit more of a consistent floater. There were times where he tried to get into the body of somebody and just was very bothered by that contact. It's not really a surprise. Like he's still, It's still early in this season. He's still in his second year. Like This is going to be a progression for him as opposed to like a problem that I think will consistently happen. But I do think that as the bench goes, or the bones goes as the bench goes, or the bench goes as bone goes. Good Lord. Um, And he wasn't great. So the bench wasn't great. Now that changed a little bit when the fourth quarter rolled around and bones was out there. Actually, honestly, the second half where bones really needed to steady the ship Jamal Murray was not out there. Bruce Brown was out there next to him, but not necessarily doing a whole bunch, at least on the offensive end. And so you had uh, Jeff Green out there. You had DeAndre Jordan out there, two low usage guys. But Bones had to do a lot. He just has to be responsible for a lot of this stuff. Aaron Gordon was out there. KCP was out there. Michael Porter was out there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. But it was still Bones. It was still Bones for most of that. And he made good on some better play in the second half of the of the game as opposed to the first. So maybe this is just kind of a one-off thing, but the defense with him needs to be better. It's not going to improve overnight because, like we talked about, he's basically 175 pounds. However, it will improve at some point. And so they, they need as much of that improvement as they can get because – there are players for the Pacers that are just very comfortable uh, going up against him, bodying him, and, and really shooting over him no matter what. So that's got to stop at some point. Bruce Brown, 22 minutes, plus five in this game. I'm not really sure how he was a plus five. I know that there were some players that had to be a plus in this game that the Nuggets actually won, but it was just like... Like I think he was out there for the right times as opposed to necessarily uh, making a massive impact. I do think that his defense against um, Halliburton, Matherin, and Heald, I think that improved as the game wore on. Didn't start that way. Halliburton was very good. Buddy Heald was 
at least getting to where he wanted to be on the inside of the arc. And Matherin was just, he was flames. He was absolutely on a heater at the beginning of that second quarter. Then I think he had like 23 points at the half, if I'm not mistaken. It was crazy. But he was very good. And Brown, he's that primary matchup. He's the guy that has to stop somebody like Matherin. And didn't necessarily do that extremely well, but he improved as the game went on, as I said. Had three assists. It's just kind of a nondescript night for the most part, but it was fine. Now, Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan, they each played some center tonight. DeAndre played most of the center minutes uh, instead of uh, Jeff because Jokic was there with some foul trouble. Aaron Gordon actually played some center minutes tonight, one of the reasons why he got to 16 rebounds. But looking at the numbers for Jeff Green, is it's a wasteland, just an absolute wasteland. Four points, two of three from the field, 0 of one from three, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals. But he did have a chase down block, had a turnover, and then he had four fouls. I'm not really sure what to make of that. I'm going to have to go back and see whether he was close on some of those rebounds or if that's just a situation where Aaron Gordon's getting all of them, so he didn't have to get any of them. The Nuggets won the rebounding battle tonight, and the Pacers are playing a little bit bigger than they usually do, so it's not like Jeff Green's always going to be out there in an advantage position to rebound, but zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, that's not a great indication. And then DeAndre Jordan, in 18 minutes, only had two rebounds himself, had one assist, Eight points, three of three, two of two from the line. That was that was a good and uh, good stuff. But the production from those guys just wasn't really there. And I know that it didn't have to be. I know that those guys more so fill roles in the rotation around the other kind of top seven is what I would call it. You've got the five starters. You've got Bones. You've got Bruce Brown. Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan aren't necessarily out there to do stuff. They're there to do the dirty work. They're there to box out and contest shots and uh, switch and make sure the defensive fundamentals are good, which they were. And I, I honestly think that it wasn't necessarily all their fault that the Indiana bench kind of went the way that it did. For Indiana, they really were fantastic for much of their time. But let me uh, kind of say this. I do think that Denver is probably going to have to come to a realization at some point that Christian Brown should be playing over Jeff Green in a lot of their lineups. Michael Porter is 6'10". There's no reason why he can't play the four. In reality, he probably should be playing the four with that bench unit. The real question is whether or like who plays the five. Zeke Nagy, probably not that guy at this point. I think it's okay that it's DeAndre Jordan. He mostly rebounds and does a pretty good job there. But I do think that on a night like tonight, where you've got some pretty good wings for Indiana, wings, guards, you know they're going to play pretty small. Denver didn't change their rotation. They only basically cut out the two minutes that Christian Brown had played in the game against San Antonio. But they didn't really change it. They know that MPJ is going to play all those minutes at the three, basically, outside of the minutes that 
He played at the four when Jokic was out and Gordon was at the five. But I do think that Porter's probably going to have to play the four with that bench group as opposed to the three. There will be some times where Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan lineups work. But it's going to be something that I'm going to look for and want to see because Christian Brown has earned the right to play. He's played well. And if Jeff's going to be out there, like he had a highlight dunk, he had a highlight chase down block, and I can't really remember anything else that he did. DeAndre Jordan, he at least has a function. Like he's going to set screens, and he did set a lot of good screens for Bones Highland. There's a reason why Bones got up 13 shots. He had the room to get up 13 shots. DeAndre, I thought, also did a reasonable job defensively tonight. The plus-minus doesn't necessarily show it, but for Denver to be only minus one in DeAndre Jordan's minutes when they were kind of forced to play some weird lineups tonight, I think that's fine. I think that's okay. But they could be better. They could be better in general, and it shouldn't be a situation where Denver, like, They shouldn't be settling for this, even though they're winning. This will kind of be the rotation for the next few games. I have no doubt that this is going to be the 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 game or the rotation against uh, Boston for sure. But we're going to see. And I think somebody like Christian Brown, you could use Jalen. You could use him to guard Jalen Brown. You could use him to guard Jason Tatum. You could use Christian Brown to guard. Marcus Smart or Malcolm Brogdon or some of the other guys on the perimeter attack that the Celtics are going to throw at the Nuggets on Friday. So I wonder if that's something that Denver can really shift. But I do think that Denver, they've got to they've got to figure some things out with this bench group because I, I'm starting to think that teams are really honing in on Bones. They are really forcing him to do everything. Michael Porter's not necessarily getting a ton of shots up with this bench unit, which is unfortunate. I think he'd get up some more if he was at the four. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the resiliency of this Nuggets team and how this is something that probably didn't happen last year. We'll be right back. back pickaxe and roll final segment here thank you so much everybody for tuning in if you've gotten this part this far in the podcast and you like what you hear and you haven't rated reviewed or subscribed to the apple podcast side of this podcast make sure to go do that Uh, that really helps me out it really helps grow the program for sure and I, i always like to see it when you go search denver nuggets podcast that's a it's a pretty cool thing All right, let's wrap this up by talking about the resiliency. Over the course of these last couple of years, I think when I I think about my place in the media sphere and what I sort of bring, I've talked about the rotations. I talk about the stats. I try to bring up the the cool, funky, interesting numbers that help kind of shape some of the narratives. Uh, The 2000-1500 was pretty cool. Uh, Very cool, actually. But two things that I've really honed in on 
for this Nuggets team and, and what they looked, how they looked different last year versus how they might look in previous years or this year even. Is that last year they kind of lacked the resiliency and the habits, like the championship level habits that a lot of good teams need. A lot of good teams know that they have to have that belief in themselves that even when the chips are down, even when the situation is bad, you know that you still have a chance. Tonight, Jokic got into foul trouble. It was pretty serious foul trouble. This is maybe the worst foul trouble I have ever seen from him. Four fouls in 10 minutes, five fouls in 11 minutes. That's horrible. <laughs> like there, It doesn't get much worse than that. Denver got down by as many as about 18 points. And without Jokic on the court for much of that period, it's really hard to see how Denver could make up the gap. I thought that this game was pretty much lost. Now, did I tweet about it? Hoping to reverse jinx it? Absolutely. Did it work? Absolutely. But this team, there's a reason why you can tweet things like that and hope that they can, like, believe that they can prove you wrong. Is that they just didn't panic. There was not a lot of panic there. There were opportunities to, of course. When you get down by 18, there's definitely reasons to kind of go away. It's just not your night. You get into foul trouble, get a couple tacks. Uh, Indiana makes some crazy shots. Not necessarily a great opportunity for you. But you stay the course. You don't panic. You wait for your time. And then you strike. Then you figure out just how to get back into that game. Contavious Caldwell-Pope hitting three important three-pointers in that third quarter. Bones Highland right at the buzzer hitting a third-quarter buzzer beater that cut the lead, I think, down to five or down to seven, one of the two. That's crazy. Being in that situation, those plays can flip an entire script. It was at that point where you see the number go down from eight points in a deficit to five points in a deficit. That You knew that Denver could do it. You knew that they had the opportunity. They just had to come out strong in that fourth quarter and survive long enough for Jokic to get back in. Because if he comes back out there, you know that he has the advantage. And he did. Denver kept them in, in striking distance for the first three minutes. Then Jokic comes back in, makes a couple nice plays, hits a three. That three that he hit rolled all the way around the cylinder and hung on the edge and then fell through. That was great. That's one of those that you just have to laugh. But there are a couple plays like that. Michael Porter hit, I think, I think he hit an escape dribble three that really cut it to one. Jokic hit a layup for the lead. It's just a lot of plays like that where you get a stop, you get a run out, you make a basket. You get a stop, you get a run out, you make a basket. And Denver chipped it down. And they knew that they could. We've seen what Denver can do defensively when they just lock in at various points. Did they play a good defensive game tonight? No. Did they have a good defensive close? Absolutely. Having a veteran team helps. Having a group of players that have been there before, that know exactly how this goes, that truly helped. Because if Denver didn't have that, they'd be screwed. They'd be screwed. 
Denver lost this version of themselves last year. In the in the bubble, they were so resilient. Down two one against uh, against Portland in the 2019 Western Conference semis, who just lost a quadruple overtime game. And you go down 2-1 in a quadruple overtime game in Game 3. Game 4 on the road, you come back out and win. You stay the course. Denver's had those opportunities throughout their, throughout their time. 2018-19, 2019 2019-20, 2020-21. Game where you go into Utah. I've talked about this. Uh, Denver has not won in Utah since the seven game. During the entire Nicole Jokic era, they hadn't won in Utah outside of the seven game. That's how much of a resiliency that team had at that point. And they lost it last year when they lost Murray and Porter. Now, you add those guys back in, you add a couple heady veterans around them in KCP, Bruce Brown, DeAndre Jordan, Jeff Green. Like, those guys know how to play. And they know that the game is really never over in these cases, especially in the modern NBA, where threes can just cut down the lead and you get a stop, you get a three, you get a stop, you get a three. And suddenly, the 12-point lead that the other team had is down to three points. It could go lightning quick. So, last year, it was basically, okay, can Nicola do this for us? No? Okay, we're going to take the L. Now, Denver has the pieces that can find ways to success, even without him. It looked pretty grim for a while without him, I'm not going to lie. Like, the first half was not great. I think he was a plus two or a plus six or something like that in a game the Nuggets were losing by double digits. He finished a plus 11. And though the Nuggets only won by three, means that they only lost his minutes by eight, which means they improved a lot in the second half. They found a way. Personally, I think Jamal Murray is the key to all this resiliency. I think that he's the one that the team really builds upon and feeds upon with his energy and his uh, the dog that he has in him where you know that when he gets hit and when he goes down, you know that he's going to pop back up and he's going to be pretty angry. And when Jamal gets angry, he's usually really good. So he's the key to that resiliency where things go bad and Jamal kicks it in the gear. But Aaron Gordon did that in his own way tonight. Hit a three, but he also grabbed 16 boards. He did what he had to do and just was a beast down there. KCP did it in his own way. He caused a couple turnovers. Didn't necessarily get the the credit for a steal, but he caused a travel. I think somebody got a carrying violation against them while he was on them as well. Like That stuff matters, and it is such a momentum shifter when you stack those on top of each other. And KCP was able to do that in the third. Chad Andrus tweeted uh, today. Uh, if you don't follow Chad Andrus, go follow him. He's a smart dude. He tweeted that wins like these are why he thinks that Denver gets to 58 victories this year. 58 wins. And I completely agree. I completely agree with that where this is just a game that you pull out of thin air. 
You don't know how you did it. When you look back at this game in two months, you're going to remember, anyway, what, what happened in that game? How do, how do they win that game? Jokic only played 21 minutes. How'd they win? Oh, that was the foul trouble game. And your brain is going to go through that thought process, and then you're going to realize, hey, crap, how do they win that? It's because they're resilient. It's because there is a different breed of DNA for them this year. They know how to win. They know what it takes defensively. They know that they've got the best offense in the world when it comes down to it. But it's their defense that is really going to get them these wins where they're able to lock in, find ways to get stops, grab all the rebounds, and give their offense an opportunity to cook. That's how it works. And they go on these runs as a result, and they just pull these things out of nowhere. And it's going to happen more times. Like This isn't the last time that something like this is going to happen, where Jokic gets into foul trouble, or maybe he rolls an ankle or something like that. Denver has to fight back without him. They can do it. I think early on, it didn't look like they can. They got surprised. Murray was like, oh God, now I have to do this. And Porter was like, oh God, now I have to do this. And it looked a little bit shaky at the beginning, but they found a way. They absolutely did. So I am very excited. This win should excite people where it doesn't necessarily feel like a great basketball win. doesn't necessarily feel like, oh man, they really deserve that one with their excellent play. But it's wins like that that you're going to look back on and think, okay, that was the reason why they got a top seed in the West. It wasn't the flashy win that you get against Golden State. It wasn't the uh, big time victory that they're going to get versus Phoenix on Christmas or anything like that. Uh, It's not going to be any of those. It's these random games against Indiana where the Pacers are having a good game. You have no idea how you're going to do it. And yet you do it. It's a great sign. And it shows that Denver has more ways to win than they did last year. And that should excite people a lot. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'll be back tomorrow. Not sure what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Maybe I'll try to get a guest on. Uh, I know that... I've, I've spoken a lot in a row uh, just to you guys over the course of these last few weeks. So let's see if I can get on a guest and talk about these nugs. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys tomorrow.